The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? How are the Montreal Canadiens now? Well, they lose by a score of 3 to nothing to the Toronto Maple Leafs in their second preseason game of the 2022-23 season. Hello and welcome to another non-numbered episode for the preseason for practice of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and that one... <laughs> It doesn't sting because it's preseason, but I got to say, you know, I was at least hoping that they would get a goal or two. And you don't care if they win or lose, especially even during the regular season. Again, it's going to be similar to last year. You know, do we really care if they're going to lose games? Is it a big deal for us? Not really, because at the end of the day, we're hoping for a high draft pick. But I was hoping for some goals. But that being said, <laughs> if, if they score zero goals every game uh, during the course of the regular season, uh, hello, Connor Bedard in a Montreal Canadiens uniform. That would be something, wouldn't it? That'd be a good consolation prize after watching your team score zero goals over 82 games. That's not going to happen. They're going to score. Um, this was obviously not the regular Montreal Canadiens roster that we saw in action. And I guess at this point, we'll do a quick recap. Um, first period, uh, Nick Robertson gets a goal. Nick Robertson, the guy that a lot of Leafs fans like to compare to Cole Caulfield for whatever reason. Um, that was one that Samuel Montembeau really should have had it. It was, somebody pointed out to me on Twitter, it was reminiscent of the goal that Brendan Gallagher scored in Game 7 against the Leafs in the playoffs. And I kind of feel that. He came down the left side and just let a shot loose, and it went right through the wickets. Um, Samuel Montembeau, you got to have that one. You got to make that save. He recovered and played pretty well for the remainder of his time in net. Of course, they did switch goalies and they put in Kevin Poulain about halfway through. And Kevin Poulain did not fare a whole lot better. However, the two goals that Kevin Poulain let in were on the power play. So they got one from uh, Dennis Malgin in the second period, pretty late. Um, that one was kind of just down in front, <clears throat> kind of wide open. Not a whole lot that he could do. Couldn't really fault him for that one. And then in the third period, another power play for the Leafs. It was uh, Nick Abrazisi who scored. Um, not really super familiar with either of those players, so I can't really say uh, or speak to their quality. But um, <laughs> it was disappointing to see that game end with no goals for the Habs. They did have some chances, but disappointing. So nothing from them. Uh, just the goal from Nick Robertson and then the... Um, Jesus Christ, I already forget both of their names. Um, officers, Cockknuckles, and Dicklock. No, that's that's mean, Matt. 
can't remember their names. You can go back and look at it. They are not officers Cock, Knuckles, and Dicklock. They are officers Green and Johnson. Now, I've warned you about this kind of thing. Bonus points for anybody who knows what that's from. <laughs> but yeah, the Habs, the Habs had some chances. All right. And uh, so the, the player of the game for me from the Habs, the silver lining of the night, if you will, for getting back into shape for the bottom six minutes, was uh, Philip Meshar. Philip Meshar was quite good in that game. Honestly, he has, throughout the course of camp and the rookie tournament and everything, he's kind of emerged into the frame as, you know, going from talking about him potentially going to the OHL to now at this point, it's like, let's slot that guy in on the top line in the AHL. I think he's ready for it. I don't know if he needs to go down to junior. He had uh, a scoring chance at one point where, you know, puck gets turned over near the blue line, the offensive blue line. He takes it down the wall, shakes a check, just gets around it, and then cuts to the middle, does a little toe drag around the defender and puts a good shot on goal. I got stopped. I forget who was in net for the Leafs at that point. I want to say Shelgren. Shelgren wasn't even playing, was he? What am I talking about? Anyways, doesn't really matter. He was playing. Shelgren was playing, so it might have been him and Ned. Either way, it doesn't matter who the goaltender was. This guy has moves, man. He's got creativity. He can create offense for himself. He doesn't need to be surrounded with elite talent in order to do it. I mean, he was playing on a line with Beck and Stevens. I mean, Beck had a great game, but Meshar was everywhere, man. He was generating chances. He's showing off those moves. He's quick. He's got really good top end speed I mean he's a player man I I really think he's got a legitimate shot at this point of starting the year in Laval and uh, I would put money on if that happens if he does if they keep him in the pros and they don't send him to Kitchener I would put money on that guy getting games with the Montreal Canadiens during the course of the season he'll end up being one of the top call-ups if he keeps playing like this I can't see how they're going to hold him down there in Laval for the entire season if that's where they decide to start him. And it's seeming increasingly likely that that is where he'll start. I'm super impressed with this kid. I was talking about it in the Eyes on the Prize chat. And I was like, man, there's a few rankings that I did in the top 25, under 25 that I feel like are are looking pretty good at this point. I'm looking pretty smart for him. I'm not looking so smart with his. I ranked him at 19. And just based on what we've seen so far, I'd be willing to bump him up. How high? I'm not sure. I have to sit down and think about it for a little while. But I'm excited to, to give him a bump next year because, man, what he's done so far has really impressed me. And I, I think he's got a legitimate chance of continuing that as long as he keeps playing the way that he is. Um, he might be uh, one of the steals of that draft. And then that brings me to another guy who I think is absolutely going to look like a steal um, in the draft. And that's Owen Beck, who was playing on a line with him. Beck, man, that guy is so defensively responsible. Um, He generates offense. I think the offense is, it it needs to get better before he can play in the NHL regularly. That's why he is in all likelihood going back to the Mississauga Steelheads this season. Um, But again, I call on the Montreal Canadiens, give that guy an entry-level contract before you send him back. Give him that vote of confidence. Give him that little bit of extra motivation to go down there and really tear it up. I think he can. Uh, I think that offense, it, it's its something that, it, it's not that he has a bad shot and it's not that he makes bad passes. It's that he seems to be off by like a split second or, or a couple of inches. And when he fine tunes that, I think there's legitimate offensive upside. And when you pair that with how good he is defensively, I mean, he had a back check at one point 
Um, wasn't like a screaming back check where he had to fly all the way down the ice for it, but he was just in the right spot, steals the pass. So whoever it was in the Leafs tried to throw it back into the slot. Beck gets it right on his stick, turns away from the pressure, goes up the boards, and then throws the puck across. Um, not a perfect pass to get the puck out, but he got it out. So this was a rush for the Leafs where they were trying to attack the slot, and he turns it on its head, and the puck's going the other way. It's because he's always in the right spot. This guy thinks the game at an extremely high level. Uh, the, the Montreal Canadiens are going to be very, very, very happy that they picked him at 33rd overall. And there's another one where I get to toot my own horn a little bit. Because when we did our podcast, doing our mock draft ahead of the draft, myself, Jared Book, and I believe Anton all picked Owen Beck at 33rd for the Montreal Canadiens, provided that he was going to be there. He was there, and sure enough, sure as God's got sandals, the Montreal Canadiens took him. Very happy that they did. Now, we got to talk about Uri Slavkovsky a little bit. Um, I liked his game. I honestly think some of the concern about him is a little bit overblown. Um, he had some pretty good chances in that game. Uh, the Habs had a power play in the third period where he had a couple of chances just on that power play. But I noticed something during that power play, which is a little bit concerning, but at the same time, I think it's going to come out of his game soon enough. It seems like he's just a little bit tentative. Like at one point, he was on the half wall, like the outside hash mark, and he got the puck, and he's kind of like wasn't sure where to go with it, and he just like threw a weak pass into the corner to nobody. Before that, he had the puck up near the point. He comes down and fires a really good shot on goal. So it's like the the, the decision-making is there. Like You know what decisions to make. It's just he, he gets a little bit panicky in certain moments. I think as he gets more comfortable with the pro game, I think you'll see... A lot less of that panicky, like not so sure what to do with the puck type stuff. And we'll, we'll start being able to see a little bit more of what we saw at the rookie tournament, which is just an absolute physical monster who skates really fast and, and can shoot the puck really hard. And I, I think the best place for him to do that is probably going to end up being Laval. Just to get used to the pro game in North America, to get used to what he's going to be seeing on a nightly basis, get used to the small ice and figure out, you know, what exactly he wants to do with the puck in certain situations. And I think if he spends a little bit of time with Laval, they can bring him up at some point uh, and hopefully he'll be in a better position to succeed. I'm not sold so far on him starting the year with the Habs. That much I'll say. Now, and for people who want to freak out and say, oh my God, maybe we wasted the first overall pick on a guy who's who's not ready. It's like, well, most guys in the NHL draft aren't ready. Right, this guy's—he's still a kid. He's—he's he's huge, but he's still a kid. It's not that weird that he would not be ready for the NHL. It's not a big concern if he's not ready for the OH or for the NHL. It's perfectly normal, and having a little bit of time in Laval is not going to hurt his development. If anything, it's going to help him. So no need to worry. Um, we can take our time with this guy. I think. The organization at this point has talked a lot about development and the need to be better at development in order for them to actually succeed. Um, and more on that after I talk about my last player, but I think they'll take their time with Uri um, Slavkovsky. They're not going to try to rush him, and hopefully he'll be better off for it. Now, last player I wanted to talk about that really impressed me was uh, Jordan Harris. Jordan Harris, much like Caden Gooley, I think he's trying to make the decision very difficult on the coaching staff as to who's going to get one of those spots that's remaining on defense. Uh, man, he was good. He was jumping in the rush. Uh, he was very physical defensively. Loved every minute that he was on the ice in that game, honestly. Didn't really see anything that would give me any concern. If I was the coach, I'd feel pretty comfortable on day one uh, letting him have minutes in the NHL. 
it's going to be a tough decision on defense. It's going to be a tough. Um, Arbor Jack is there as well, but I think right now the, the two young guys that are really candidates in, in my eyes to take a spot on the Habs on day one, it's going to be Gooley and uh, Harris, and maybe both of them can get in depending on injuries. I mean, we haven't seen Joel Edmondson yet. We know he's hurt. We don't know how long he's hurt for. Uh, last I heard, it was indefinite. So, I mean, you never know. It could end up being both of them. I think they're both making really strong cases. And I think I said this before, it's going to be real interesting to watch the remainder of the preseason here and see which one of them can stand out more than the other. And then the last thing that I wanted to bring up today, just because a certain someone had to just lean into the goddamn frame and talk about the Montreal Canadiens for some reason, even though he's been fired forever for the second time, and that's Michel Terrier. So before I get into this idiot and his comments, I just want to read you a quote that Martin Saint-Louis said uh, the other day. Um, I think it was yesterday anyways. He said, Je ne coach pas beaucoup les joueurs avec la rondelle, je coach les quatre autres joueurs. La rondelle, c'est le présent. Les quatre autres joueurs, c'est le futur. For all the Anglos. He said, I don't really coach people with the puck. I want to coach the other four guys who don't have the puck. Those other four guys, they're the future. The guy with the puck, that's the present. I want to run through a wall for that quote. That's amazing. This guy's playing chess. And then we got maybe one of the worst checkers players in the history of the game, Michel Terrier, who's best known for his coaching tidbits, such as screaming at P.K. Subban in between periods and saying, skate, move the fucking puck. Skate where, Michel? Move the puck where? Right? He comes out and his comments were something to the effect of, well, there wasn't very much to develop while I was there. So basically saying it's not my fault, basically passing the buck on to uh, Marc Bergevin and crew. Uh, in the management, which is real interesting considering that Marc Bergevin once said of Michel Terrier that he's the guy I want to be in a foxhole with. Really weird guy to want to be in a foxhole with when when he gets out of the foxhole, has no problem throwing a grenade in there with you. Um, but you're not in the foxhole anymore either. You also got fired. They all should have been fired. They all did a bad job. It's not that there was nobody to develop. It's that they never developed anybody. It's not that they made terrible decisions at the draft. It's that they didn't make good enough decisions at the draft and they didn't develop the people that they drafted with the picks that they used, right? There was a lot of issues with the previous regime. Michel Terrien was one of them. So for him to sit there and say, well, there was nothing for me to develop, well, I would argue that you didn't really do anything to develop anyone. You are most known for quotes like the one I just gave, and of course the famous one, which is, you need three goals to win the game. Cool, how are we going to get those goals? You haven't really explained that. You don't have a strategy for getting your three goals. And second of all, what if the other team fucking scores six? Oh, you didn't win, did you? It's like if I just walked up to a pro athlete and said, hey, what I need you to do is just play better, all right, and, and score more. Of course that's what they want to do. Of course they want to score more. This guy, he's been fired twice by the Montreal Canadiens, and he's still out there, you know, flapping his gums about the team. I don't like it. Um, It pisses me off, and that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm not going to go into a whole rant about it. I just found it really odd that he's going to sit there and shit on his own buddy who had the whole foxhole comment about him and who stood by him despite the fact that people were screaming for him to be fired for the second time over and over and over again so he should be quiet uh don't want to hear anything about what he thinks about development 
for the rest of this season. Of course, we're probably going to. Uh, but I would like to see a little bit more development from the Montreal Canadiens going into our next game, which is tomorrow night. So I'm going to cut this one off now. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode. We're running, what, uh, over 15 minutes. So c'est une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I'd appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.